0: 9 Ignition sequence. It's
1: been 51 years six, since humans first five, set out to visit the moon.
0: Four, three two one, zero all engine running liftoff we have a liftoff 32 minutes past the hour lift off on Apollo 11.
1: But we've been fascinated by its presence in the sky for the entirety of human history. Today on Pulsar, we're answering some of the most common questions about the moon, as well as the dynamics of the Earth-Moon-Sun system that we call home. I'm your host, Eric O'Day. Thanks to Facebook Boston for supporting this episode of Pulsar. Joining me today once again is Talia from our very own Charles Hayden Planetarium. Talia, great to have you back on the podcast.
0: My pleasure. What's up, Eric?
1: Well, it's the two biggest and brightest objects in our sky, the sun and the moon. Before we go ahead and dive into the questions we want to answer, why don't we start by having you describe where the Earth, Sun, and Moon are in the solar system and how they move? Build us a sort of mental model.
0: Absolutely. So the Sun is, of course, the big thing at the very, very center of our solar system. It is the most massive object, and that is why it has enough gravity that it holds the planets in orbit around it, which means Earth, as a planet, is orbiting the Sun. So you've got the sun in the middle, and then you have the earth orbiting the sun. So going around the sun once a year. And then you have the moon. The moon doesn't orbit the sun, it orbits the earth. So you've got the sun in the middle, the earth going around the sun, and then you have the moon going around the earth.
1: Okay, so maybe the most common question we hear about the moon, what causes its phases? Sometimes we get a crescent moon or a full moon. So why does it seem to change its appearance?
0: It actually has to do with the fact that the moon is going around the earth. Half of the earth is always facing the sun. That is the half of the earth that is having daytime. And half of the earth is always facing away from the sun, the side having nighttime. The same is true for the moon. Half of the moon is always facing the sun and is lit up. And half of the moon is facing away from the sun and is dark. And what we see as the moon moves in its orbit around the earth we are seeing different parts of the daytime and nighttime side of the moon. So when we look at a full moon, it looks like the entire moon is lit up. But that's just because the half that we are seeing, the half that is facing Earth, is all in daytime. We're seeing the whole daytime side of the moon. We can't see any of the nighttime side. And so when we see, say, a crescent moon, we're seeing a little crescent of the daytime side, and mostly we're seeing nighttime side. How much of the daytime side we can see changes as the moon goes around the Earth. And that is why the phases follow a very predictable cycle. And that is why we see the moon go through the phases in a specific order.
1: And that nighttime side of the moon is totally dark because the moon doesn't give off its own light. It only reflects sunlight and only does that on the daytime side.
0: We say the moon shines, but it doesn't. It's just kind of a big reflector. It's reflecting sunlight.
1: And a phrase we get asked about a lot is dark side of the moon, which actually doesn't mean what most people think it means.
0: There is a dark side to the moon. There just isn't one part of the moon that is always dark. Just like there's not one part of the earth that is always in nighttime. So there is a dark side to the moon, but one spot that is always dark No, there's nothing like that. Usually when people refer to the dark side of the moon like that, what they mean is the far side of the moon.
1: So back to the moon phases. They're driven by the moon orbiting around the Earth, but it takes a long time to cycle through all those phases. So how long does it take the moon to orbit the Earth?
0: Well, it's not so long when you think that it takes Earth an entire year to go around the sun once. It takes the moon about a month. It's actually where the word month comes from. It comes from the word moon. Now, it doesn't take exactly a month. It takes the moon 29 and a half days to go around the Earth once, which you will note is close to, but not exactly a month.
1: Now, when you look at the moon in the sky from the Earth, you always see the same side, the same features. And one of the trickier questions that leads to is, does that mean the moon doesn't rotate, that it doesn't spin the same way the Earth does?
0: It's absolutely rotating. It's what we call tidally locked. And what that means is that it actually spins at the exact same rate that it orbits. So it rotates once, it spins once completely in 29 and a half days. And what that means is that the same side of the moon is always facing Earth. We're always looking at one specific side of the moon, but we can tell that it rotates if you think about not the way it's oriented compared to the earth, but the way it is compared to the sun. Remember when we said the full moon is when that side of the moon that's facing earth is totally lit up by the sun. So it's completely facing the sun. But just two weeks later, that side of the moon is completely dark. We call that a new moon. That side of the moon is totally in nighttime because it's now completely facing away from the sun. So it has sun halfway around. So if you just are standing on the earth, it feels like the moon isn't spinning. But if you consider it from the sun's perspective, you actually can see the moon spinning. And that is why we always have the same side of the moon facing earth. And that is why usually when we mean dark side of the moon, we're talking about the far side of the moon. We're talking about the part we don't see that we don't know as well.
1: And can you talk about this tidal locking with the moon spinning once in the same time it orbits once not being a coincidence?
0: It happens actually a lot in space when you have things orbiting relatively close together. The smaller object tends to lock like that. We think there are planets out there that are tidally locked, not in our solar system, but we think in other solar systems, especially planets that are orbiting very close to small red stars. We think it's probably most of those are tidally locked with one side always in daytime and one side always in nighttime. There are other moons in our solar system that are tidally locked. It just has to do with how things stabilize over long periods of time. For instance, over the you know, four billion or so years that we've had a moon.
1: And one of my favorite things to think about is that humans have been looking up to the moon and seeing the near side for tens of thousands of years. And we saw what the far side looked like for the first time in 1959.
0: Exactly. We had no idea what the far side of the moon looked like until we started sending spacecraft around the far side of the moon. And we were in for a bit of a surprise because the far side does not look like the near side. They look quite different. The far side doesn't have any of those big dark areas that we can see on the near side, which we call Maria or the lunar seas, which, of course, are not water at all. They're just dark or rock. There really aren't any of those on the other side of the moon. It's all rocky highlands.
1: Now, a whole different set of questions we get very often have to do with eclipses. We've got our model of the Earth going around the sun every year and the moon going around the Earth every month or so. Can you talk about when in that cycle we get an eclipse?
0: Yeah, so there's two kinds of eclipses. There are lunar eclipses and there are solar eclipses. And both of them have to do with when the Earth, Moon, and Sun are kind of lined up. So a lunar eclipse is when they're lined up so that the Earth is between the Moon and the Sun. And the Earth's shadow falls on the Moon. Now the Moon doesn't go completely dark because there is still some sunlight reaching it around the very, very edges of the Earth. It doesn't turn completely dark. It actually kind of turns red. But that is because it's in the shadow of the Earth. A solar eclipse is a similar sort of thing, except this time it's the moon between the Earth and the sun. So the moon's shadow falls across the Earth. Now, it's a little bit different because the Earth casts a much, much bigger shadow than the moon does. When a lunar eclipse happens, the entire moon gets covered by the Earth's shadow.
1: So to see a lunar eclipse, you don't have to be in a very specific place. You just need to be on the night side of the Earth at that time to be able to look up and see the moon.
0: Exactly, yeah. A solar eclipse is different because the shadow of the moon is so much smaller compared to the Earth. So only a piece of the Earth gets covered by the shadow of the moon. You have to be in that specific area if you want to see the solar eclipse. And it's kind of cool that we can see those eclipses at all. It has to do with the fact that from here, when you're standing on the Earth, the moon and the sun kind of look like they're the same size in the sky.
1: But if you put them side by side, they're nowhere near the same size.
0: Oh, they are absolutely not. The moon is pretty small. It's about the size of the United States. It's way smaller than the Earth. And you could fit a million Earths inside the sun. So the sun... Is so much bigger than the moon. It's just also really far away. The moon is only about 240,000 miles away, which sounds pretty far, but it's very close compared to the distance to the sun, which is 93 million miles away. So that huge sun at 93 million miles away is about the same size in the sky as our tiny moon, only 240,000 miles away, which means that the moon can perfectly cover the sun in a solar eclipse.
1: And I love to say, Earthlings are lucky that we have a moon, the same apparent size in the sky as our star, because our eclipses are the best in the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, certainly nowhere else in our solar system are you gonna get eclipses like we get them here on Earth.
1: Definitely something to appreciate. One of my favorite questions I've gotten about eclipses is about how often they happen. We get lunar eclipses once or twice a year, the same for solar eclipses, But shouldn't we get an eclipse whenever the Earth, Moon, and Sun line up? That would be twice every lunar orbit, so we would expect an eclipse about every two weeks.
0: You would be right if the Moon's orbit were completely flat. It's not. It's tilted. So we have a slightly tilted orbit for our Moon. At new Moon, which is when you get solar eclipses, most of the time the Moon is either above or below the Sun, not in front of it. And similarly, at full moon, which is when you get lunar eclipses, the moon is either above or below Earth's shadow. It's not passing through it. There's only a few times things line up just right. The moon is in the right spot in its tilted orbit to actually either pass through Earth's shadow or pass directly between the Earth and the sun.
1: So it's not just lining up. It has to be a perfect alignment. Yes, and to wrap up, we've been talking about the cycles of the Earth Moon Sun system. The last one to talk about is seasons. On Earth, we have very predictable yearly cycles of warm and cold weather. So, a pretty common question is what causes the seasons?
0: That actually has to do, at least kind of, with the Moon, very, very sort of peripherally. Our Earth is not straight up and down. If you've ever seen a globe of the Earth, usually like they have them in classrooms, they are generally not showing the Earth straight up and down. They show it tilted. That's because earth is tilted. It's tilted by an angle of about 23 and a half degrees. And that tilt turns out to be what causes the seasons. Because when the tilt is such that the northern hemisphere is sort of tilted towards the sun, that's when you get northern hemisphere summer and southern hemisphere winter. But, you know, six months later, the northern hemisphere is tilted away from the sun and the southern hemisphere is tilted towards it. And that's when you get Northern Hemisphere winter and Southern Hemisphere summer. So the seasons are opposite in the Northern and Southern Hemispheres because of that tilt and because the tilt of the earth affects the way sunlight falls upon the earth. So when you're tilted towards the sun, you get the sunlight more directly. It's a bit of a more direct path for the sunlight to reach you. And the sun tends to rise earlier, stay up in the sky longer, and get higher in the sky. So there's more of a chance for it to warm up the air. And that's when you have summer. Whereas when you're tilted away, as you are during the winter, the sunlight's falling on you a lot less directly. The sun rises later, it sets earlier, and it doesn't get as high in the sky. It's not up for as long. So that's why you tend to get the colder weather there.
1: And to follow up, I got a great question once when talking about the seasons. If they're because of the Earth's
0: tilt, Why is the Earth tilted? I mentioned it was kind of peripherally related to the Moon. The Earth is tilted because very early in the solar system's history, something very big hit it, which was common back in the early solar system. And that impact not only gave us our tilt, which causes our seasons, but it knocked loose a whole bunch of debris, which went into forming our Moon. So we got our seasons and our Moon in the exact same way.
1: So all of these cycles that we have, seasons, moon phases, even eclipses, all of it can really be traced back to how the Earth, Moon and Sun interact with each other and are positioned in space.
0: It turns out to be a very important series of relationships, the way the Earth, the Moon and the Sun affect each other.
1: Talia, thanks so much for coming on Pulsar again and giving us an idea of how all these cycles work.
0: I do love answering questions about space, so thank you for having me.
1: You can learn more about our moon, as well as other moons in the solar system, at the Charles Hayden Planetarium show, Moons, Worlds of Mystery. If you've got questions about the moon, send them to us at sciencequestions at and we'll answer them on an upcoming episode. Until next time, keep asking questions.